Today is the 27th of January, 2022. Now is the time to train our hearts and minds, the nature of our minds to think and proliferate all the time, ever since birth. And having just been born, one couldn't feel but couldn't speak. And hearing a sound with the ear would give rise to a feeling there would be liking or disliking based on that feeling. And one couldn't use language because one didn't know language yet at that point. And as we grow up, then we learn language. This language which is made out of convention, out of samuti. But we understand that that convention, we think that it's actually that way in truth. We think that conventions of mother, father, or monk, for example, raising one's palms and anjali to a monk. But really all these ideas are merely conventions. But if having just been born, one were to teach a newborn to let go, not to cling straight away, one can't teach like that. And so children study about conventions all the time as they grow up. They understand that these conventions that they learn are really that way in truth, that there really is a me, a you, a mine, a yours, that there is a self in truth, that names of people and places and objects are really that way in truth. And they don't understand that it's really just natural ele elements. They don't know that. And so individuals study as they grow up and learn about self and me and mine, you and yours. They have worries regarding, for instance, school, their studies in school. They're worried, will they pass their exams? This gives rise to agitation, troubled, feeling of being troubled in the heart. And when one comes to work, then one worries, will one succeed in their work? This gives rise to more agitation and chaos in the mind. So one worries a lot in society and the present world as well. We see that a pandemic has arisen and spread all over the world at this point. And we see that the untrained mind has drawbacks. So we need to train our mind more to give rise to more wisdom. So we see the need to train the mind more than before to study our own hearts and minds. We see that this mind is the knowing element that receives sense impressions a lot and clings a lot. And with this clinging, the natural, bright, clear state of mind degrades. The mind becomes low and sad. And so we need to do merit and goodness to help our minds and improve our minds with generosity, virtue, and meditation dana, sila, bhavana, to make our minds fresh, bright, and clear, practicing to cut off that which is unwholesome, to do that which is wholesome. And this demerit or unwholesomeness we know about, and one with a lot of old parmi, spiritual virtue, they can learn about things quickly can learn about 
that which is unwholesome and understand it quickly and practice the Dhamma to cut off unwholesomeness through body, speech, and mind. We call this virtue. And in Pali, we recite Silena Sukatinyanti, Silena Boga Sampada, Silena Nibutinyanti. The virtue brings happiness, virtue brings wealth, virtue brings coolness to the mind. The mind that's not agitated, it's not hot. So give it a try. Try it out, this practice of morality or virtue. If you don't do it, if you never try it, you won't know about it. You won't see what it's like. And we see that people have worry and concern because they have these bodies, they have the sense of me and mine, and they have work. They worry about the, their job, the economy, if they'll be able to keep their job. And so this leads to a lot of proliferation in thinking. We call this the dukkha, the suffering in finding one's livelihood. So we see that this body is a pile of suffering. We have to breathe, take in the air element constantly. We have to take in the water element continuously. To take in the food, the physical food which helps give rise to the fire element. And all these elements we take in are to care for the cells of these bodies. If we don't breathe, if we don't take in water or food, and we don't have the fire element, then this body can't survive. But the mind doesn't see this and thinks that the body is really a me and a mine. But we, when we contemplate correctly, we see that the body is more like a robot, more like a machine. It's something that we can't control. If our brain has some kind of problem, we may want to speak, we may want to move, but the body simply can't follow that desire. The body can't speak or can't move. But if we're able to tell our body to do something and the body's able to do it, then we think that the body is ours, is me or mine. But in truth, the body is not in our control. When it comes time for the body to age and sicken, and we don't want these things to happen, illness arises. And sometimes the illness is very severe to the point of bodily death. And we can ask, well, does the mind want illness? Does it want old age to the point of life becomes difficult? So we see that really the mind can't control this body. And as we age, the organs and bodily functions degrade. For instance, our hearing, we might hear clearly sometimes and not hear at other times. All the various parts of the body, large and small, degrade according to time and conditions. And so we see that the body's not as strong as before. It degrades according to its nature. Speaking in the way of science, we say that the cells degrade. The cells are replicating, producing new cells less than before. There are fewer new cells. So when one ages more and more, one sees this clearly more and more.
the body degrades a lot to the point of pain and illness. All the various organs like the liver, the stomach, the spleen, the intestines, the heart, the kidneys, the lungs, and so on, they all degrade in their proper time according to conditions. So we contemplate to see them as something that's unstable, it's uncertain, or things that can't last. Their degradation is something normal and natural. So we, we may ask, well, why don't we see this? We can have the thought that the body is impermanent. We can chant this and contemplate this, but still we don't see clearly. Well, why is this? It's because our samadhi is not firm. Our collectedness of mind is not firm. Just that. It's like when we close our eyes. Our eyelids are covering over our eyes. So whatever light there might be externally, whatever visible objects there might be, we don't see them. But when we open our eyes, if our eyes are healthy, then we're able to see the objects in light. So really, in truth, nature is impermanent, suffering and not self already. It's already that way. So this body we don't see clearly because our minds aren't bright, because we lack wisdom. So we have to train our minds in wisdom. Whenever wisdom arises, then knowledge arises right then. One sees the Dhamma right then. So in the beginning we do all types of merit and goodness. This is something that we have to train and practice in to make our merit and goodness full and complete, which includes the practice of samadhi, meditation. So may you cultivate a lot of mindfulness and a lot of samadhi. These are factors in the Noble Eightfold Path. So in the Noble Eightfold Path we have virtue, right livelihood, right speech, right action. We have right effort, right mindfulness, and right samadhi. Then right view and right intention, the wisdom elements. And all together we call this sila, samadhi, panya, virtue, collectedness, and wisdom. And these path factors are able to bring the mind to stillness in the present moment is able to bring the mind together to let go of past and future to be in the present. When we're able to do this, then the mind is peaceful. And when the mind's peaceful, then we can think and contemplate that the body is not self. And at this point, wisdom can arise gradually and the mind can accept this. And when the sixth sense is contacted their respective objects, like sights, sounds, smells, tastes, touches, and mind objects. If the samadhi isn't firmly established, we may have mindfulness to know these objects as they arise, but the mind will cling to these objects, these various sense objects. For instance, if one is a, someone who's quick to anger, and anger arises, or if one gives rise to greed or delusion, we practice to have mindfulness to see these qualities arise as they arise. To see greed, aversion, and delusion arising. To see the mind becomes low and sad. The sense of self arises. 
convention arises. So contemplate this a lot. It can be somewhat difficult, this practice, when this happens. It can be hard. And in Dhamma practice, sometimes we lose to the sense impressions. We don't always win. But don't worry about this. Just patiently endure first. And one day you'll be able to achieve victory. Samadhi arises. You'll be able to see the nature of the Dhamma. The mind is bright, is able to achieve victory to a certain degree, is able to understand the Dhamma. And when this happens, rapture can arise for many days in a row. The heart feels full and content to the point where one never thought that it would be that way, but it is possible. So may you set your hearts on this Dhamma practice. May you have effort in the training of your mind.